We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Steps a tackle. Runs left. 25 still to the feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. We are presented by TickPick. That's right, TickPick. It should be your first choice to buy a football ticket because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for Rams Talk Radio and the Blue Wire Network. I'm here with my man, former Lots Rams defensive back Michael Stewart. Mike, good to see you. And I'm told you've got a little bit of news heading into this Monday. Well, how you doing and what's up? Hey, man, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, one of the latest, though, is uh, Mr. Stewart, formerly Coach Stewart, uh, was relieved of his duties on Friday from coaching varsity team, a surprise to everyone. And so... Everybody, whether it's been teachers, former players, uh, coaches, everybody's checking in and just, hey, Stu, what happened? And the thing is, when you don't really have an answer, except you know there's some foolishness going on behind some scenes, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. I mean, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to, you know, I know how much you love coaching this team and. And what it meant to you to go back home to coach your, your alma mater, man, it stinks, dude. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, you know, as I was telling them on Friday when they kind of pulled a sneak attack, uh, 
you know, I only came back here because of that. But when you move your family and you put some serious hard-earned dollars into moving back to Bakersfield and, you know, moving your whole family and getting them adjusted and, you know, kind of selling them on, man, this is going to be a great thing. Uh, and then it just kind of the rug gets pulled out from under you. You know, the thing is, I just never quit anything in my life. And I just hate the fact that I have some good things going on. But, uh, you know, at least right now, I'm not going to be able to finish it, at least here. Well, maybe the opportunity will come somewhere else, right? Maybe it comes again, hoping it does. In the meantime, though, and I'm sorry to hear it, we do have something to celebrate. Yes, Week we one, our Los Angeles Rams defeat the Chicago Bears 34-14. The game was closer than the score appears. However, it was a blast. I want to ask you right away, what were your initial thoughts on this big 34-14 victory? Well, you know, the big thing is always they got it in the win column. But, you know, I think we saw some things, uh, some plays that uh, Matthew made with some of the receivers and connecting downfield. Uh, I just believe that's going to open up this offense and ultimately make it easier for the defense to play as well. You know, when your offense is kind of having some ball control and scoring some points, uh, change it up for the defense. They can kind of go in there and pin their ears back and get after quarterback a little bit more. So, yeah, excited to see some of those good things and for them to play a little more consistency down the stretch. So all that in mind, you know, Right away, I mean, how do I say this? Because a 34-14 victory, we should be jumping up and down. All that in mind, what concerns do you have entering this game, and were those concerns in any way alleviated? Well, you know, the major concern is always, you know, a lot of the starters didn't really play during the season, Mm -hmm. uh, preseason. And so the concern is always... You know, what's the timing going to be like? What's the overall chemistry going to be like? You know, are guys actually in shape to go four quarters? And so I think by, you know, a little bit of how the game went, we had to settle down down the stretch and kind of close it out. But uh, that's that's a good way to go about it. I mean, it's 13-7 at the half. And so tight game, but then, you know, came out and scored two touches in the third and kind of sealed a little bit in the fourth with one more other touch. So how about yourself? Well, I mean, the game itself was, it was, um, it was gold early, right? And we'll talk about your boy Van Jefferson. I know you're a big fan. Um, Got a little antsy in that second and third quarter as that defense just couldn't get pressure. And then, man, at the end, though, they slammed the door shut. Absolutely shut. Like, they weren't coming back. Was, it was cement blocks in there. They ain't getting through. Yeah. I mean, and that was pretty cool. That was really cool to see. And um, in the end, a 34-14 victory, there's a lot of positive to take from it. And I think the most important takeaway that I got from it Whereas the Rams have, I think, some concerns, and we'll talk about them. But their talent, in the end, was able to overcome 
those concerns for a good win. I mean, the Bears were tough. The Bears showed throughout much of that game how tough they are. They just didn't have the talent the Rams have. And, and the cream rose to the top. I mean, that's just kind of how I, I saw by the time it was over. Man, that second, third quarter, I was nervous. I'm going to lie, I was nervous. They were controlling the football like crazy. Yeah, I mean, when you kind of look at some of the stats, I'm sure we'll hit on some of them. Uh, you would think that the Bears would have won. Uh, they led in a lot of categories. Uh, you know, whether it was time of possession, first downs, total plays. Uh, so, yeah, rushing yards. Obviously, uh, we took care of business from the passing side. But, yeah, uh a lot of good positives to pull from this. Uh, yeah, and a lot. So let's get into it. Before we do, I want to ask you to head over to Apple Music, leave a five-star review. We really, really appreciate that. Also, if you follow us on social media, talk around on Twitter, and we're also on Facebook. Finally, our sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. Uh, I've been saying it last couple weeks now. They've been doing a really great job with their, with their fantasy game. All you got to do is download their app, go to the website, and just jump in, okay? You can limit the countless hours of research and focus only on top-tier athletes with the biggest impact on the game. How do you do it? Well, you choose 10 out of 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fancy value for both over and under based on how likely it is to hit. So you hit the most props, rack up the most points, you win a share of the prize pool. Now, this year, there was over $140,000 in guaranteed prizes for Week 1. I'm sure that'll be out there again for week two. And also, don't forget that we have a promo code to get you going. Use the promo code TALKRAMS on the Thrive Fantasy app, and you receive a 100% instant first deposit matchup to $100. So again, Thrive Fantasy, go to the app or go to the website, sign up and prop up today. All right, and here's a word from our remaining sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so Mike, here's the breakdown of the game. 
for those of you who want to relive the numbers here. And the numbers, I think, are actually pretty indicative of, of what we saw. The, the Rams only got 18 first downs in the game. Bears, 24. Only four first downs on the run. Third down efficiency, pretty solid. Looks up 11 for the Rams, 5-11 for the Bears. The Rams were one for one, fourth down. Total yards, 386 for the Rams. Check this out, though, Mike. The Bears ran 69 plays compared to the Rams, 50. The Rams averaged 7.7 yards per play. Yet they only had 74 yards rushing compared to the Bears, 134. Yards passing, 312 for the Rams, 188 for the Bears. Matt Stafford was 20 of 26, averaged 11.6 yards per pass, and they only suffered one sack. The Bears suffered three. Only punted one time in the game, as did the Bears. That's right, the Bears only punted one time. Penalties are pretty low, four for the Rams, three for the Bears. But here we go, time possession, 35 minutes and 14 seconds for the Bears. And 24-46 for the Rams. In mo- on most days, that would be a recipe for disaster. I have the ball. The Bears kept the ball for almost the entire third quarter. Individually, Stafford, 20-26, 321, three touchdowns, had a QBR of 156.1. Somehow, pro football folks only gave him like a 79. For this game. Are you serious? Uh, Daryl Henderson, 16 carries, 70 yards. For the Bears, David Montgomery, 16 carries, 108 yards, 6.8 a carry. Yeah, it was ugly. Receiving, Cooper Cup, 7 for 108. Van Jefferson, your boy. Van Jefferson, two catches for 80 yards. Tyler Higby, 5 for 68. Robert Woods, 3 for 27. Deshaun Jackson, 2 for 21. Marquise Goodwin led the Bears with four catches for 45 yards. So, in terms of yards. Kicking, Matt Gay solid. Um, punting, only, only punted one time. Aaron Donald, one sack in the game. Really didn't make much of an impact until late. Jalen Ramsey was on fire in this game. Nine tackles total, seven solo with a pass offended. Kenny Young, 10 tackles. 11 tackles for Jordan Fuller. Oh, and Justin Hollins, eight tackles total, six solo with two sacks. And that's the breakdown for the Rams. What story does the numbers tell you, Mike? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about time of possession, you never want to see that the other team is keeping the ball that long. Typically, as you said, that's a uh, recipe for disaster because that means your offense isn't, you know, getting those opportunities to either score or what whatever they need to do and or the defense isn't getting enough three and outs so that they can get off the field on third down. They're somehow allowing them to prolong drive. So again, those kind of things uh, I'm going to say when you're not playing a lot in the preseason uh, that may because missed tackles guys a little bit slow on whatever their rotations are a number of things. But I think overall, When you're looking defensively and you have a number of guys with, you know, high tackle counts, 
that means, you know, guys are somewhat flying around. So that's positive because you can always fix other things if guys are flying around. You know, one of the things me and a coach here locally were talking about is because of the rule changes and how practices can be and how much you can hit and do, you know, tackling is is gone down from years past. You know, certain guys are, you know, obviously afraid of getting fined. And then uh, the way you have to tackle now, there's going to end up being a lot, a lot more missed tackles because you're literally trying to arm tackle people, which, yeah, go back, just run through that stuff. So first game out, uh, guys having a number of tackles. I think, again, that was a positive. Uh, it's good to see Justin Hollins get a couple sacks. Hopefully, you know, with Aaron, you know, these things will pay out down the road where, again, he's not having to be the the sole provider of guys on defense making plays. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's actually a big deal. But on the same token, for much of the game, in my view, it felt a lot, a lot like the Green Bay game defensively. I mean, like Aaron Donald was hurt in that game, and so the what Green Bay did was just a bunch of dink and dunk stuff, run right. the ball right at him, dink and dunk passing game close to the line of scrimmage, and just wear down the Rams' defense. And that's we saw a lot of that in the second and third quarter yesterday, where right. you know they were. They were double-teaming, triple-teaming Aaron Donald. He wasn't really getting through. Had a couple shots where he was right there, but just didn't just inches, right? Inches from getting to the quarterback, inches from getting the running back. And the rest of the defensive line wasn't really all that effective. And the linebacking core wasn't all that effective. You're, you're talking about, you know, these high tackle numbers. It, a lot of these tackles, too, are coming downfield, five, six, seven yards downfield. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, that That's to me... Good. That's not good. Lots of missed tackles. I guess you're not, you're going to expect missed tackles for when your starters are having their first real full action in weeks. Right. Okay, right. I, I get that. Um, but I was having deja vu and watching this defense perform against Green Bay. The difference in this game with Chicago is they got a stop in the fourth quarter. They got this stop in the fourth quarter shut down the Bears, force a punt on one occasion, and also force a four four and out. And, you know, from there, it just seemed to finally shift. Like, okay, you know what? This is the defense we expected to take the field. The Bears ran out of answers. And so that was where, like, the road diverged from that Green Bay game where the Rams lost to where a game where the the Rams pulled out a win 34-14. But so the questions for me, I'm I'm getting kind of the negatives out of the way first. There's a lot of positives we we need to talk about. You know, the concerns are there. Like, the Bears are a solid running team. They have a good offensive line that will create push. So I I get it. You're going to have other teams that are more talented in other places and run a more prolific offense, better quarterback. I mean, Andy Dalton's steady, but he's not. I'm a Mahomes kind of guy. You're going to get some of these guys. You're going to have a Russell Wilson again later this year. You're going to have, you know, quarterbacks like that. And when you have one that is just on their level, will you be able to step up and create those outs when your running defense just has its issues? 
Can they and will they improve that? The second thing that concerned me is the Rams themselves did not establish a running game until the fourth quarter. I mean, it was you and I have had this this talk over and over again. The Rams out of the running game are a train wreck. And they kind of just held on until you know things faded away in the third quarter, get to the fourth quarter, and they finally got Daryl Henderson going. During a time when the Bears were keying on the run. They were expecting the Rams to win, so all of a sudden the Rams were executing when the Bears were keying on it. It was strange. Usually it's the exact opposite. But that running game needs to be consistent. You need more push, you, you, and it wasn't there for much this game. Those are my big concerns, is run defense, and with that goes to tackling, and then two, your rushing offense. you got to be able to take care of Matt Stafford. Um, that's what really concerned me about the game. Well, you make some great uh, valid points because you, everybody knows you win these games in the trenches, whether it's mm. your D-line uh, stopping the offense or whether it's your offensive line pushing around the opponent uh, defensive line. And so, again, I think that's indicative of not having a lot of reps during uh preseason i mean you only can practice so much against your own guys or when you're having these joint practices again there's only so much hitting can be done and so on and so forth so all those things being the case it's like it's going to take teams you know maybe a couple games to like kind of get up to speed but the thing is we're fortunate again uh played well enough down the stretch to get it in the win column so that's obviously a positive, but yeah, you just can't be out there defensively, you know, letting dudes just kind of maul you a little bit and, you know, continuing drives. And then offensively, obviously you got to be able to do a little bit more or you're going to make yourself a one dimension team. And they were a one dimensional team for much of the game offensively, especially. And this is where, I already get into the player of the game for the Rams. The player of the game for the Rams was Matt Stafford. I mean, if there was ever any question as to whether or not the Rams made the right call by trading Goff to the Lions for Matt Stafford, we saw it. We saw what it was like to have a confident, a confident, focused, fearless quarterback in the huddle. For four quarters, facing down any pressure the Bears brought. Stafford was that. He was everything that we thought he would be, or hoped he would be. And that's, by the way, I'm not hitting on, on Goff. Goff took many a hit as a player for the Rams. He stood in the pocket many times, but he also struggled with his poise. And he struggled reading defenses. There was a point in the game, I don't remember where, when it was, but I saw the Bears shuffle. Their entire front seven on a play, and Collins were that actually pointed out in the broadcast, you know, where they made all these maneuvers, and bam, Stafford read it right away, audibled out, and, and they got he got the pass quickly to Tyler Higby. Quickly it was out. There was no hesitation. He read the play. One of my biggest complaints about Jared Goff was his inability to fully read progressions consistently. Sometimes he did, sometimes he didn't, and he really screwed up in the middle of the field. Well, where did Matt Stafford plant that throw yesterday? It was on Higby in the middle of the freaking field. 
I mean, the trade right now, based on that alone, makes a ton more sense. The Rams got their guy. And when they couldn't establish the running game, Stafford, who was a guy who in the past for Detroit didn't have much of a running game, he just rolled with it until the running game finally arrived. And the O-line protected him. Man, Stafford was was fantastic yesterday. He was everything we'd hoped he would be. Yeah, and it's so cool because, again, how much did he really play in the preseason? But, again, when you bring a guy that has veteran experience and kind of has been there, done that, you know, he's gotten pressure from, you know, when you don't have the best O-lines and you're having to make those reads and do those things, uh, the hope would be, hey, we're going to be a little better on the O-line and offense. And, again, when you are now able to use, like, the tight end a little more, which you've been talking about for years, like, Mm -hmm. why aren't we using the tight end more? And so we can see how effective some things can be that sometimes you just got to take what the defense gives you. You don't need to force stuff. But to your point, when you're able to see them switch up the defense and you're able to check into something else that now is a winning play combination for you, that's what your quarterback is supposed to be able to do. Not like, uh, well, let me just try to run the play and then, you know, interception or you throw it in the ground or you take a sack or those type of things. So that that was absolutely uh, great to see. I thought it was really kind of neat to see. It's been a long time since we able to watch a Rams game and not worry about your quarterback flipping out. And, and and I don't mean to offend any of of the Goffites out there. I know people still love them some Jared Goff, and I hope it is well in Detroit. I don't have a problem with Jared Goff. I, it was just evident to me what the Rams had missing because we saw Stafford fill in the gap. I mean, he was fearless. And another thing that really stuck out to me too: five catches, sixty-eight yards from Higby two years ago in twenty nineteen. Higby really kind of broke out. He was the star of the second half of the season for the Rams. But in yesterday's game, in this offense with Stafford, I was really, I mean, shall I say happy with what we saw of Higby. He's a big guy. He's, he looks kind of clunky. But he's deceptively fast. He's got good hands. And he always seems to find a way to get open. I think we're. I think we could be seeing an all-pro year out of him. I think this might be the year Tyler Higby does more than just emerge as a potential pro bowler, but he is a pro bowler and becomes one of the best tight ends in the league. Now, I'm not saying that because of one game. We've seen it in the past from him, but just the chemistry between he and, and Stafford and the role he plays and the different plays that Sean McVay had for him. And we've been, like you said, you brought it up. I've been bringing this up for years. Where has the tight ends been in this? Have they been in this offense where McVeigh was known in Washington for his tight ends? Well, Higby was big yesterday. He was there. He was all over the place, and it just seems to me like with Stafford there, they've got the connection. They've got the connection, and I really am pleased to see his progression from you know a fourth round pick to where he is now. Oh, for sure, man. I just, uh, 
you know, as you're talking, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, kind of the Daryl Henderson, you know, ended up with 70 yards on mm-hmm. 16 carries. Uh, but again, it'll be interesting to see how the combination of a Daryl Henderson along with, you know, the tight end. And, you know, we saw that Van Jefferson was able to stretch the field. Cooper Cup was able to stretch the field. Uh, again, Tyler Higbee had five grabs. Robert Woods had three. So on one hand, when you look at kind of the receiving end of things, I like that it's not just one person. It's kind of a mixed bag of people making plays, which means to me, uh, right reads are being made. We're going to throw to the guy that's open and we're going to make sure we hit him in stride or hit him where they can make a play as opposed to, you know, trying to force something that's not there. So again, that's what you get with a veteran presence. And I just think it's going to get better as the season goes along, because at the end of the day, we can say what we want, but Stafford's only been here a certain number of months. Mm-hmm. And so everybody's still learning and, you know, seeing what are the best things and how a guy, you know, his better plays. And, you know, that just doesn't happen overnight. So I'm just looking forward to just continued improvement uh, as the season goes on. And but the, and you're talking about, well, they've only they haven't played. Their plenty of has been limited. But the chemistry was clear, especially with Cup and Higby. Those are good building blocks. And you mentioned the, the ability to hit different weapons. Robert Woods, I mean, I would consider him our number one receiver. He only had three catches. Only three. Next week, he might have ten. I, I just think teams are going to have a hard time as long as they protect Stafford. Teams are going to have a hard time really knowing who to, who to really focus on that, in that offense. Because they have enough guys who can, who, and they can get open. I'm not, you know, I've been critical in the past of where are the Rams deep threats. I guess Deshaun's that guy and Van Jefferson can be that guy. Um, now, I'm, just given what we saw yesterday, I mean, that Bears defense is a good defense. And when they were on the field, they shredded that defense. And they did it without a running game for much of the day. Their passing game shredded the Bears. That was not a weak defense at all. That defense has players. So I, there's a lot to be encouraged about in terms of the Rams. There are some issues that, that are concerning, but the talent rose to the top, and I think this is a great win to start the year. 34-14, you're going to head to Indianapolis next weekend. An Indianapolis team that didn't look very good in their 28-16 loss to the Seahawks. You know, I would say right now, looking heading into week two, the Rams are a clear favorite. Yeah, I think uh, one of the cool things when you go on the road, some people think that you lose focus. But a lot of times playing on the road, at least for me, was a lot easier. You know, you go into a hostile environment. You're not really worried about, you know, tickets to games. You know, obviously you may have some relatives out of state, uh, that type of thing. But for the most part, you you kind of look at it as a business trip and let's go, get on this plane and go put this work in and get this victory and get on back home. So 
man, excited about, again, the improvement aspect that is right out in front and uh, doesn't look like, you know, we got a lot of guys banged up, which is always uh, a positive. Mm-hmm. And that's the big news in the game. You know, if whenever you get that first injury, first big injury during the season, you're like, oh, my gosh, here we go. We already had Cam Minkers go down. I mean, geez, I, I'm glad. No, no real injuries in this game. It's good relief. I think that right now the Rams' the only real concern heading into week two now will be that, you know, the Bears have to deal with it this week. Now next week they have to deal with it. Crowd noise. They haven't had crowd noise in a year. Real crowd noise, anyways. Crowd noise is going to, it's a factor, no doubt. Oh, for sure. Uh, I was watching an old clip on YouTube. It said, uh, I think it was a Notre Dame game where, got who they're playing, but it was so loud, uh, the team had to keep calling timeout because the Notre Dame student body just was just going off. And so, uh, obviously, a little more of a college atmosphere. But, yeah, you playing in uh, the Superdome out there. Yeah, I think it's called a Superdome. But the uh, it gets pretty loud in there. Uh, and so, yeah, crowd noise will be a factor until you just start putting some points up. And that always seems to quiet a crowd. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. How we do. I just think when you go on the road, the biggest thing is you got to be like a boxing match. You you can't just, you know, let them get up on you quick or something like that. You got to kind of slug it out early and then everybody settle in and then let's go play. But mm-hmm. you definitely don't want to let them, you know, get a touchdown and did a turnover and now at least to now you're down 14-0, something like that. So, yeah, it should be fun, man. Don't let them get the knockout punch early, and you're gonna you'll be all right. Withstand that early storm that comes from being the home team, and you'll be you'll be fine. There you, you get, go. Get a seven nothing lead, ten nothing lead, shut the fans up a little bit. You've been there and done that. You know what kind of difference it makes. Absolutely, you know, and you know sometimes these these are coaching or coaches. You can overthink things, but hey, man, if you got a chance to get three, get three. You know, if you got a chance to get seven, get seven, you know, but the thing is, you don't want to just, hey, we got a chance to get three. Forget it. We're going for it. Oh, we missed or we didn't make it. You know, now you missed out on some opportunities, whether, you know, three points is a big difference at the end of the game. But you just always want to try to keep as much of that mo momentum with you as much as you can, especially on the road. I mean, and just always bring your A game, right? Yeah, can't, Indianapolis. I've been there for a Rams game before. That place is loud. It's not. It's a, it's a it's a stadium that has very very strong compact acoustics, and it's going to be definitely a challenge for them. And get that lead early, set them up. Establish the run it would be nice. They can get a run going there and just kind of wear down that defense a little bit, and it's going to be a problem. <sighs> All right. Well, listen, it's it's getting a little bit later here on this Monday night. We go watch some football ourselves. It's time for us to go. So follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams or on in Facebook the Facebook group the Rams Top Room and Rams Talk. 
Follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. Follow Mike at one Duke twenty three. And until next time, we're out of here. Have a great one. Have a great one, folks. Peace.